I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Good morning, Christian America. That's what Jesus tells his detractors when they confront him with why is he sitting and eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, those that are beneath us, those that are sinners and not following the word of God? Why does Jesus, this rabbi, this teacher, want to sit with them and talk with them over food? Let's talk about that today as we get our week started off right. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. That's the Christian American revitalization effort. And it takes shape in a variety of different ways. First and foremost, on this podcast, with this podcast, the Good Morning Christian America podcast, we come to you on Mondays with some scripture, on Fridays to discuss what's happened in the week around the country that, in, that involves and concerns uh, Christians across this nation with the various issues that are uh, ongoing out there. It takes the form of the Christian American community on social media, on all the social media platforms. So if you're watching this, chances are it's on social media. If you're listening to this, it's on the podcast platform, uh, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we are on all the social media platforms as well. That's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you name it. Parlor. let's not forget Parler. Uh, Big props to all the followers on the uh, Parlor platform. It's continuously growing. Uh, we love you guys. Keep chiming in. Keep commenting. Uh, keep engaging on the content. We love you. Um, if you know, it also takes the form of the Christian American T-shirt company and the Christian American T-shirt company at our website ChristianAmericanTees.com, uh, where you can purchase Christian American apparel and assorted accessories that you can uh, that you can wear out into the world and display where your faith lies display who you are so that people recognize you uh, both by what you do and the way that you act but also by what you wear and what you put on and so you know you can it's cold out there these days you can uh, be stylish in a Christian American uh, hoodie like the one that I got on right now. Uh, we also have sweatshirts, we have t-shirts, we have tank tops, we have assorted uh, iPhone cases. We even got coffee uh, coffee cups if you want to as well. Uh, you're more than welcome to go to ChristianAmericanTees.com and pick yourself up some Christian American uh, apparel and accessories. We say this, we do this because it's all about revitalizing the Christian faith here in this country, revitalizing ourselves and our community under the guise or under the banner that uh, that matters, right? Under the idea that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, that scripture is uh, the way to lead us, to help lead us to where we should be focused on. And that focus, that vision should be focused on Christ himself, the one who was crucified and raised from the, from the dead. Um, it's in, in that light we come to you. So on this Monday podcast, for those of you who follow us, this Monday podcast, we're going to go into straight scripture. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to show it to you. We're going to discuss, uh, discuss it because there's a always, always, I think, I think, my opinion here, I think there's too much conversation over what is actually in scripture and the context of it um, rather than the meaning behind it the purpose of it what god and how god speaks to us through it 
that is where the the debate should be the debate should not be the context and the actual verbiage of scripture because if if we can't agree on what scripture says in the manner in which it says it then we have bigger problems as a community and i think that's why we see so many christian organizations christian churches and denominations that are fractured is because we can't we we we, we tend to argue over the actual verbiage when we shouldn't we should just be able to read it the problem is is that most people want to take out one phrase they want to take out one verse they want to pull it from this that and the other place and now i got three verses that tell me uh, that have the same kind of tone and tenor and all of a sudden now this is my religion this this is what i will build the uh, uh, my religion around this is what i will build my faith around and meanwhile because you just took those three or four little bits throughout scripture then you miss all the goodness that is scripture in its entirety and it's important that's why we come to you every week we come to you with a a, a small sizable chunk of pure scripture that we read to you and that we show to you we don't take it out of context we try to provide the context in which it is uh which it is given and we go in sequential order so we we, we finished it took us about two years to do the entire book of matthew the gospel of matthew from uh, chapter one all the way through to the end and recently now we've started on the gospel of mark and so we will continue to do that as long as as long as i'm alive or i have a platform to do it and that is how uh, we are trying to grow the the our grow the faith and grow the intellectual uh capacity the intellectualizing of this uh wonderful wonderful literature the word of god that has been granted to us that has been gifted to us that have that have that has been passed down first orally and then written so that we can understand the works of god that we can understand his intention as to why we were made to begin with all the way through the revelation of his son being born of the virgin being raised in Galilee in in the city of Nan, the town of Nazareth, to then do these great works and provide these lessons and these uh, and the teachings that He provides to us, so that we can recognize the goodness in it, that we can recognize uh, how we can fit into His overarching plan that. How, how he involves himself in our lives, how he can direct us, how he can motivate us, how he can inspire us, that he can give us the life of purpose, the life of meaning, the life of abundance that he promises us. How do we even know that he promises it? Because scripture says so. How do we know that Jesus is a loving God? Because scripture says so. How do we know that we should be kind and generous to one another? Because scripture tells us. How do we know that we should provide for the least of these that we should shelter those that are homeless that we should feed those who are hungry that we should provide drink for those that are thirsty we would not know that if scripture would not tell us if scripture was not provided for us so let us not forget 
where this wisdom come, comes from. You may know some of these stories. You may have heard some of these parables. They might ring true to you because of something in the past that you've heard or you heard someone else say. But let us not forget where they come from. True wisdom. The true goodness of God's revelation is provided to us through scripture and through the tradition that the disciples throughout scripture provide for us the lessons that we learn and then that we see and read about in here through the book of acts and listen to in the the epistles uh, of paul and james and peter as to how to live this christian life that jesus calls uh, and and it's that light, it's in that light that we come to you today and we're going to continue down the gospel of mark this morning and here if you followed us last week you you would have uh, you would remember that jesus heals the paralytic not based on the paralytic's faith but based on the the faith of the four individuals that brought the paralytic on a mat, carried him to the house Jesus was speaking in, went to the door of the house, couldn't get in the door of the house, went around the house, couldn't jump in the window because it was so crowded, went on top of the roof, broke through the roof, lowered his friend down in front of Jesus, went through all of this stuff just to help heal his friend because they knew that one encounter with Jesus could heal his friend. They had the faith. The paralytic, it doesn't say the paralytic had the faith. It says that they had the faith to do all of that for their friend. And when Jesus saw their faith, that he he forgave the sins of the paralytic and then told him to rise, pick up his mat and go home. And that's exactly what he did because Jesus is the healer. So it's right after that, when all are in amazement, if you didn't catch last week's podcast, go back a week on social media platforms or on uh, the, the Good Morning Christian America YouTube channel to watch last Monday's podcast and you would be up to speed. It's in that light that we come to you today, uh, the very next verse in verse uh, 13. So if you grab your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 13. It starts off and he says, once again, he went out along the sea. All the crowds came to him and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him while he was at table in his house. Many tax collectors and sinners sat with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Some scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors and said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard this and said to them, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Oh, how the lukewarm Christian faithful love this passage. I have heard many people speak on this passage. And 
the sample size is just one. It's just me. The only it's only been my experience. And so the majority of the time that I've heard someone speak on this passage or the similar passages in these in the other gospels that regard Jesus eating and having conversations with tax collectors and sinners, whether it be the, you know, the Samaritan uh, woman at the well, or in this case, Levi, uh, who, a side note, this is also Matthew. So it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty much believed that Levi and Matthew are the same person. That in, in Luke, I believe that he's referenced as Levi, but in, um, in, in Matthew, he's referenced as Matthew. And so that, that's pretty much standard belief across m most, uh, most scholars. Um, and the reason for that, there's a variety of reasons for that. I, I think it's most commonly believed that Levi is the Hebrew translation uh, of, of his name, and while Matthew is the Greek translation of his name, and, and hence the, 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 the two names. But nonetheless, we, we'll stick with Levi because this passage just uh, talks about Levi. But I'm not going to really get into necessarily Levi himself, but the the sinners and the tax collectors. So when most people, and, and most of those people are lukewarm Christians, uh, people who don't want us to, to hold the standard within the faith, they look at passages like this, passages like this, and they say, look at what Jesus does. Look at what Jesus does. He sits with the sinners. He sits with the tax collectors. He forgives them. He uh, communicates with them. He, he communes with them over dinner. We too should be like that. We, sh we too should forgive. We too should engage people who are who don't necessarily meet up to our standards of behavior. And those people are, are right. That's absolutely true. In this passage, Jesus does sit with sinners. Jesus does sit with tax collectors. De Jesus does uh, sit down with, for dinner and have a conversation and commune with them over the breaking of bread. And we, we know how important, if you follow the Bible study on the book of Acts that we also do on Facebook, uh, Facebook live feeds, you'll know or you'll remember all of the times that it, throughout the book of Acts that they specify the breaking of bread with community in faith. Right? which is also, uh, it also goes to Jesus's uh, 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 passion the night before where he breaks bread at the Last Supper. And there's a, there's a longer dialogue that, that can go into that. But so Jesus does this with the sinners, with the tax collectors. We too should also reach out to those who are sinning. We too should reach out to those who aren't necessarily in favor with the, uh, with the rest of the community because they're maybe not living in the way that they should so there's truth there but like far too often what people do is they they tend to go uh they tend to be lukewarm and they tend to not want to hold the standard for a variety of reasons and so they seek out passages like this and they interpret it in a way that only fits their ideology it only fits their agenda that where you can do anything and who are we to judge jesus says in previous uh passages that we should not judge people, that we should know, but he actually says that we should not condemn people. And so if you really look into this, into this passage, again, this is the great thing about scripture. 
everything that I just said that other people tend to focus on is true. Jesus does forgive sins. Jesus does commune and speak with the sinners and the tax collectors. He does invite them to dinner. He doesn't excommunicate them from, from the community. He doesn't banish them. He doesn't condemn their soul. He doesn't do any of that. He invites them in so he can talk to them. But what's he doing when he talks to them? How does he reference them uh, when he talks about them? Who does Jesus compare them to? Someone who is what? Goes back to chapter uh, or verse 17. When Jesus heard this and said to them, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Who's he calling sick? Those who act against the word of God. Those who are not living up to the standard that Jesus himself sets for us. Those who are not living in accordance with the beliefs. Those who are not living up in accordance with the commandments. He calls them sick. He doesn't, yeah, he forgives them. Absolutely. He communes with them. He breaks bread with them. He has dinner with them. He invites them in. Yes, 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 yes. And we all should do that. We should all do that. But make no mistake as to what he's saying. He is saying that these people are sick. He is saying that these people are wrong. He is saying that these people are on the wrong track. And it says before this phrase that he's teaching them. He's not just talking to them encouraging their bad behavior he's teaching them the right way he brings in the sinners and the tax collectors those who he says are sick and he is that healer for them he is the physician in this parable that he provides this example that he provides i'll read it to you again those who are well do not need a physician who is he he's the physician who are they he, they're the ones that are not well but the sick do He's there for the sick. He's there not to allow them to keep being sick. He's not there to continue their sickness. He's there to heal them. He's there to fix them. He's there to, to take them from the place that they are infected from and put them on a path where they can be well. That's what doctors do. That's what physicians do. And you can't do that unless you diagnose the illness unless you diagnose the problem what doctor what physician would just randomly hand out medication will randomly have hand out prescriptions without first diagnosing the problem none that's that, that that's who nobody would do that what does Jesus do in his role as the healer in his role as a physician in this example which he gave I don't give it look at the scripture verse I just showed to you Jesus says these words not me don't say that Eddie said uh, that Jesus is only a doctor. No, no, this is Jesus. Jesus said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So sinners are sick. They need to be healed. You can't heal someone unless you diagnose the illness. The illness is in this case, what? Going against the word of God, collecting taxes uh, above and beyond what is fair and what is just. That is why the tax collectors are shunned. And I'm sure there's much more in there culturally that we just won't get into today. But this idea that 
has come about from passage like passages like this where you only take half of the reading one understanding of the reading which is he eats with sinners and tax collectors and he's and he brings them into the house and he he's invited he invites them in uh, in order to commune with them we should all do that agreed we should all do that but that doesn't mean he doesn't recognize them as being sinners and he recognizes the sinners as being sick as people who need to be healed diagnosed with the problem that infects them in order to heal them he is the healer jesus can heal anyone struggling with anything specifically sin and we all do which is why we all need jesus we all do which is why we all need jesus but what helps no one especially the most sick the people that are most lost the people that are most gone the people that are doing things that are so bad what hurts them the most is when people like us say well it's not my place to judge it's not my place i won't be the one to start arguing with people because jesus says that not to judge i'll just I'll just keep my mouth shut. Jesus invited them, invited sinners, and so I'll eat with the sinners. But he, but he diagnoses problems in order to heal them. We too, if we see somebody of our friends, our families, or complete strangers that are deathly ill, that are not only hurting their own selves, but infecting their families, infecting their children, affecting their neighborhood, infecting, I don't know, their classroom, infecting their place of work, infecting their place of business with sinful behavior. Sinful behavior is sickening behavior. Not my, not, not my reference, Jesus's reference calls them sick. Sinners and tax collectors, sick. He's the healer. The people who are out there that are working against the word of God, that are not listening to the word of God, that are working against why he made them and working against his principles, working against his commandments. Those people need to be diagnosed with the illness and, and directed to Jesus himself, the healer. How can we ever have this conversation if we're too afraid to bring up the faults, if we're too afraid to bring up the sins, if we're too afraid to tell somebody I think you need help. I think you're sick. When you see someone who cheats on their spouse, when you see someone who gambles too much, when you see someone who uh, abuses their family, when you see someone who cheats on their on their taxes or steals from their work or brings pornography into the house, it, it, sin can take any multiple any multitude of of, of different shapes or forms. That's a sickness. Those things are sickness. They're, 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 they're infecting that person. They're corroding that person. They're hardening, hardening their heart. They're separating him or her from the love of God, which can only hurt that individual, which can only make that individual's life worse. 
and left untreated. That sickness spreads to their families and their kids because we set the example for our children. We set the example as adults for the rest of the community. So when we get infected, our families get infected. When our families get infected, our community gets infected. When our community gets infected, our country can potentially be infected. And if you looked around at our country today, you would think that we've been infected by something demonic. Well, you would think that, we'd be, that we've been infected by something evil. And I would argue, similar that, to the way that this passage in scripture argues, that it is because we haven't been diagnosed. We, we are too afraid to have the conversation and get to the truth of the matter, which is as a society, as a community, as a country, we have turned away from our Lord and Savior. We have turned away from the word of God. We have turned away from his teachings. And even if we personally are trying to do the right thing, we're still too timid to have these conversations with people that have gone astray. And as long as we are too scared to have these conversations with those that have gone astray, we will continue to suffer. We will continue to have a country that is seemingly lost. And how are we to do that? How are we to reverse course? It starts today. It starts with you. It starts with a community of inspired and educated and informed Christians across this land. And, and inspired and educated and informed on what? On the Word of God. On the Word of God. Where true wisdom is found, where true healing is found. In the Word of of God where we can learn from the word made flesh in Jesus Christ and so with that ladies and gentlemen hopefully we pray that you guys have a blessed Christmas we will not be here uh, for the Friday podcast we will not be here for the Friday podcast uh, because it is going to be Christmas so um, the holidays are here. We wish you a Merry Christmas to your family, to your friends, to your communities. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't say Merry Christmas because I'll be the first one to say Merry Christmas to you and to yours. Jesus is the reason for the season. We celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior. We celebrate the Word made flesh. Made flesh. We celebrate God Almighty uh, to come down into human form, into the form of a child, to take the, 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 the shape of his creation so that he can provide that no kidding example of what people can do and how people should live out of the abstract and down into reality. He showed himself for who he was and he showed us how to live our lives in a righteous manner. And so we should wake up each and every day thanking our Lord and Savior for the breath in our lungs and the world that we uh, live in and that we may have the opportunity to bask in his glory for everlasting eternity. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, again, we will see you then the following Monday uh, here on this podcast where we'll get into the very next uh, portion 
of Mark chapter 2. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys, again, once again, have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Well, we'll see you before New Year's. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America. <laughs>